Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios with Josh Havens from the Afters. Check them out at theafters.com. Josh, thanks so much for hanging out today, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been uh, fun. All right. Now, you are, you're a Texan now. Is that right? Well, I was a Texan. Now I'm a Zoni. I, I live out in the desert in Arizona now. Oh, you're in the... But the... I grew up, spent most of my life in Texas. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. As I was reading up... I saw mm-hmm. some stuff on um on the uh hold on, one on the um internet it said you were born in Wisconsin. Is this true? Born in Wisconsin, yep. Okay. A, on a dairy farm. A dairy a farm town called Osseo. All right. Yep. So I've got that here. So here's here's yep. here's what we're gonna do. Is okay. I got some fun facts about Wisconsin. Oh, great. Right? I got some fun facts about Wisconsin, and let's see if you knew these things. Uh, Wisconsin is actually the toilet paper capital of the world there in Green Bay. Did you know this? Wait, is this? It sounds like this is a, a, a joke to bash the Packers. No, no. <laughs> it does feel that way. It feels it like does. we're going there. No, we're, no, we're not bashing the Packers. We're not going to yeah. bash the Packers. That's fascinating. Wait, is that for real? Yeah. Green Bay is the toilet, toilet paper, paper capital of the world. So during the wow, pandemic a couple a of years ago. Here. Yeah, during the pandemic, I bet it was a uh, hopping place. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin is where the ice cream sundae was invented. Is that right? In a, in a place called Two Rivers. Two Rivers. Had no idea. Had no idea. Now, I don't know this next one. I don't even know how they quantify this, and uh, nor do I. Don't nor am I buying it. But anyway, it's out there, so we'll talk about it. Uh, there are more ghosts per square mile in Wisconsin than any other state in the United States. More what? More ghosts. More- Ghosts. I I, well, that's what I th- when I read, I thought, who's, oh make, who's making this stuff up? Who is this All guy? Right, who's, who's counting these ghosts? <laughs> yeah. Okay, buddy. Who's yeah. Going around counting ghosts. Like, first capital. Like, what are we that's doing? Hilarious. What is this first guy capital, doing with his life? Ghosts. Like, that guy. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, who just wasted their life doing something? And so, counting ghosts in Wisconsin. Now, the last one, and certainly not least, is the Bratwurst capital of the world is in Wisconsin, a little town called Sheboygan. A little town called Sheboygan. You know who else is from Sheboygan? Who's from Sheboygan? Our friend Gus Polinski from Home Alone. Remember the Kenosha, oh, yeah, the Kenosha King? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes. Oh, man. So there's Wisconsin. They brought us some great they stuff. They love their polka up there. <laughs> they they love brought their us some great stuff. When I you saw, know this too. Oh, tell me. So there's more lakes in Wisconsin 
than there is in Minnesota, even though Minnesota is known as the lake state. And there's more dairy that's produced in Minnesota than there is in Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin is known as the dairy state. You guys need to trade. They need to tra- trade slogans. Maybe we start like an online campaign. A petition. <laughs> we can do it. We'll see. All right, we'll talk yeah. after this. We'll talk after this. Well, we're not here to talk about Wisconsin. We're here to talk about you guys from the Afters again. We're here with Josh Havens of the Afters. Check him out at theafters.com. Josh, let's go back to the beginning for you a little bit. What got you into music to begin with? Well, my dad was a musician. He was a pipe organist. He built pipe organs actually in Wisconsin there on a farm. And he, uh, he was an amazing pianist, too. So he would just put me on his lap when I was a little kid, like three years old. And he would just start showing me the notes. And I started taking the piano. And so they got me lessons and played classical piano throughout my childhood. And then I heard a Nirvana song when I was about 13. And it was Come As You Are. And that mm-hmm. made me want to pick up a guitar and learn. Right? And I uh, started learning guitar, started, um, you know, just a, a high school band, yeah. uh, started you know, a rock band. And we literally would just rehearse in the garage. Yeah. So it was a garage band, play wherever we could. Then uh, hooked up with who is now my guitar player, mm-hmm. Matt Fuquay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew each other from school, but we weren't close friends or anything when we were in like middle school, high school. And, uh, and we started working at the same Starbucks coffee shop mm. together. And so he ha- had a guitar that he would always have along with him. And I had a guitar that I would always have with me because we we started playing uh, guitar for different high school groups and then college groups. And so we would uh, bring him into the store and start goofing off right there in the store when it was slow. And we'd make up songs and customers would come in and we'd make up songs about their drink orders. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people started telling us that we sounded good singing together. And so one thing led to another. We uh, we were invited to put together some music for a missions conference that was happening at Dallas Theological Seminary. So we did that. Mm. And people wanted to know where they could see us play again. And we'd never really thought about it. So we're like, well, let's start a band. So we started the first iteration of what became the afters. Yeah. And we were first called the Screaming Mimes. The Screaming Mimes? <laughs> Screaming Mimes. Believe it or not. There was a band already called the Screaming Mimes, and we had to change our name. Yeah, yeah. So then we called ourselves Bliss. Okay. And we spelled it B-L-I-S-S-E, thinking that would protect us as a different, like the original medieval spelling. And then when we got signed later, we found out we couldn't use the name Bliss because it was there was a bunch of people that had used that name. And then, uh, in fact, even a band called Lifehouse. Yeah, I was talking to Jason Wade, their singer, and they were called Bliss before they became Lifehouse, but they 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 spelled it B L Y S S, thinking that that would protect them. <laughs> so it's a very similar situation. And then we uh, we we landed on the afters, and that's uh, what we've been ever since. Well, that's a fun fact. This may win somebody twenty bucks at trivia one day on the Lifehouse thing and the Bliss. Now, if you could have knocked me over with a feather when you said there's another screaming mimes out there, though. Who knew? I know. It's crazy. In Arkansas, of all places. Little Rock, Well, Arkansas. now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. All right, I got you. <laughs> well, let me ask you this for a second. I want to go back to the pipe organs on the dairy farm. So yeah, so your sure. dad was was a dairy farmer? He was so, <laughs> He was a hippie. <laughs> I love he it. was a hippie. So he, he went to school for music. 
he got two degrees in pipe organ performance and and music studies and and then he went to Europe to travel around and visit and play pipe organs and 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 visit his favorite pipe organs and and some, you know that kind of thing and in Holland when he was in the Netherlands he uh, was hanging out with a friend and there was a mutual friend uh, who introduced him to who's now my mom okay and they it was like love at first sight. They yeah. were immediately in love. She had two kids from a previous marriage, uh, but they were inseparable from the first day that they saw that, my, that he met my mom. And so within two months, she and her kids and their cats were moving to Wisconsin or to the United States. So they got a, uh, they bought a Volkswagen hippie bus, like one of those campers. I'm telling you, this is total hippie. I love this. And they just traveled around the U.S. and then down into Mexico for a year. With the kids and the cat. <laughs> Although the cat didn't end up going neurotic. And <laughs> they said it, they had the windows down when they were going through Death Valley. And when they were going down the highway, the cat, unfortunately, just had enough and jumped out the window. And that was the last they saw of the cat, unfortunately. What, Poor what, cat. What Poor a Mopi. twist. What a twist. I know. A dark, a dark twist in this story. <laughs> but uh, at the end of their journeys, uh, so along the way, they decided to get married. Uh, and then they, they said, well, where should we settle? My dad, he was from Wisconsin. He said, there's a beautiful part of Wisconsin with farms. Why don't we go farm for a little while? My dad knew nothing about farming, <laughs> nothing. But they went and they got a farm and he started milking like 18 cows. And uh, he, he learned very quickly that they don't like classical music. Cows would milk better listening to country music. He said, as soon as I put on my classical music, they would they would just freeze up. They wouldn't they wouldn't produce milk. So anyway, that's the farm where I was born. And he also built pipe organ cabinets uh, to help pay the bills while while we were there. I feel like we could go down this road for a while. We're not going to, but there's a lot <laughs> to this story. That this incredible like they, yeah, it's been a pretty wild life. That is incredible. Just the I love the uh, one. The fact they brought the cat from Holland. That part alone so, is wild. Well, and it, it, their faith journey is actually pretty cool because up until. Up until the point that I'm that I'm at right now, uh, in their story, they weren't believers. And so uh, after they got married, you know, I was born after that. And when my mom went into labor, a local pastor there in that little town came out to their house because of the home birth, and uh, she, he he said, "I wanted to just pray for you guys." It was a false labor, and so he he shared the gospel with my parents. And on that day, uh, my my dad gave his life to Jesus. And then two weeks later, when I was actually born, he came back to pray for him. My mom gave her life to Jesus. And that was after that, they were just on fire for Jesus and got plugged into the church. And that was kind of the start of their, their faith journey. This is a movie I would watch. I would yeah, watch this movie. It'd be a good film. All right. We'll go back to that later. Again, we're here with Josh Havens of the Afters here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Check them out at theafters.com. Well, switching gears just a little bit here, Josh. Do you remember the first record you bought with your own money? I do. What was it? I do. It was it was Michael W. Smith, hmm. Go West Young Man. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah. It's a yeah. classic. So And then I bought so I and, and the same day I bought uh, a for him CD because I had just been to see them with a friend at yeah. a friend's church. Remember yeah. the, the group? Oh, him? I remember them well, yeah. Yeah. So, but then I got, like, I loved Michael Louis Smith when I was a kid, and he was he was like a like a hero to me growing up. Uh, 
because he did he, he did write it he, he plays piano yep. great and i saw him play live and i was like wow you can do this and have a lot of fun and serve god doing That's it right. but the coolest thing in the world to see so that was very inspiring well with that in mind you kind of hit that uh, maybe already who were some of your other influences musically growing up so the, there was a, a, a cassette that i had that i snuck out of my sister my older sister's room that was billy joel stormfront and that's the one that has like uh we didn't start the fire and yeah. you know some classics yeah. so he again a guy who plays piano loved that so he was he was definitely an influence early on yeah michael louis smith um and then i would say as i got older like radiohead was a big influence yeah. big time uh in fact that was probably my my favorite band from like my late high school into into college and stuff but like Nirvana and some of the, you know, some of the grunge bands of the nineties, that was, that was a big influence too. Yeah. As well as, I mean, in, in Christian music, I love like the 77s and the choir. Yeah. Those older, older Christian groups. Well, I was, I was, in fact, go we're ahead. about to collaborate with the choir and me and Matt are going to be singing on a new, they're doing a cover of a 77 song. Yeah. Oh, all the worlds collide. So we're, yeah. So it's like, it's like my childhood. That's cool, man. <laughs> Full circle. That's really cool. Like, and I, I was laughing a minute ago when you were telling me, like, you you grew up sitting on your dad's lap. He's playing pipe organs mm-hmm. and pianos, and then Nirvana enters yeah. the scene. You know, it's like yeah. it's a tale it, as it, old it, as time. It's a tale as old as time. Out real long. I had long blonde hair. You know, I had the you know all the uh, grunge clothes yeah. and you know flannels and ripped up jeans. <laughs> Oh, but you, your parents couldn't say anything because they took a they took a cat all the way through the United States, across the Atlantic into Mexico. So you had a pretty good card. <laughs> you had a pretty good card to play along the way. Like cut your hair. Well, listen, let's talk about hold on. Cat. <laughs> no, they were they were free spirits for sure. I love it, man. Well, building on kind of what you were uh, saying a minute ago about your influence. All right, if you could open up for anybody, dead or alive, and just think of in terms that you'll get to be there. Who would it be? Mm. Oh, geez. That's that's a good question. Open up for anybody dead or alive. I mean, you wouldn't want to play on the same stage as them just because they're so good. I mean, obviously, so the Beatles were huge growing up. Just to be able to see the Beatles play would be, incredible to me, the greatest thing possible. If you, if you said dead. So if you could be that's there right. for, for a Beatles show, I feel like that would be... It's a Absolutely. great movie. You know, I don't think anybody's exactly. said that yet. And as I'm hearing it, I'm like, why has nobody said that yet? That's a great mm. That's a great one. Well, again, we're here with Josh Havens. I would just walk on stage and I'd be like, All right, you're not here for me. Good night. <laughs> and then I would just stay on the and I would just stay for the show, yeah. you know? Yeah, you get to be, but you're, you're all access right there. All right access, there. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the time machine. Again, we're here with Josh Havens uh, behind the tunes from the Visible, Visible Music College Studios here on uh, with the afters.com. Josh, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Oh, yeah. What was it called? I do remember. I was in middle school. Was it like Believer or something? Yeah. No, I, I remember writing it, and I remember... I played it for like our middle school youth group. I played keys yeah. in the youth band. And so we, I would write some songs uh, with, with our, our group and then we'd play them. And try them out. See how it went. All right. So mm-hmm. the, how old were you at that point? 
I would have been, well, that would have been middle school. So yeah, what, like 11, 12. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you've been writing songs for a minute now and I figure, mm-hmm. you know, you've kind of grown a little bit in that, in that area from that point. What's your songwriting process <laughs> like today? You know, I, I spectate the world. Yeah. And so songwriting really is about like just processing life, you know, it's kind of my way. I don't journal or, or, uh, you know, keep a diary. So songwriting is kind of that for me. So I'll keep notes, mm-hmm. you know, things that I see in life. I'm like, Oh, this should become a song. Or, mm. And so often those notes or, or thoughts come out in, in the songs later, but sometimes a melody. So then I have a, like on my phone, it's full of voice memos and melodies. And so, I'll be out somewhere and just have a melody that'll come. And if you don't capture it right then, it'll be gone forever so many times. So yeah. capture the melody, and sometimes that turns into a song. Is that something, you know, is it almost therapeutic for you? Is it like, as you're saying, it's how you process the world? Oh, for sure. In in multiple ways. Artistically, it's therapeutic because it just feels so good mm. to, to create. Like yeah. creating is a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is a creative knows like when you, whether it's putting paint on a canvas or, you know, putting melodies to music, it's, it's a beautiful process. It it feels so good. And then when you have this, this thing that exists that never existed before, Mm -hmm. it's this crazy, crazy, I I don't fully understand it, to be honest, how it can just come. And then you have this thing that will always be there, never existed. And then there's this point you're like, where did this even come from? You know, where did this, where did this come from? And so that, that process is really beautiful to me. And then, um, you know, the lyric side of it, you know, a lot of time you're dealing with, well, it could be dealing with fun stuff or beautiful right. stuff, you know, so you'll, you'll feel that gratitude. Like there's songs that we sing now that came from these beautiful points in life. Like life is beautiful. We have a song called life is beautiful. And I love seeing that song every single time because I re feel all the feelings and, yeah. and it, it just always reminds me of all the beautiful things that I'm grateful for in life. But then there's songs that are the hard stuff mm-hmm. and it is a little therapeutic to to go there and walk through that and then you know we we do try to lean on okay where is god in these mm-hmm. in these hard things that we're going through and a lot of the songs that we have about we have a lot of songs about hard stuff yes. and uh and those are the songs that i've seen have helped people through some really hard things. Somebody might be going through something very similar and then they can use that song, that, that language that to apply their own life and situation, you know, Yeah, when, which when, is a really cool part of songwriting because when you're writing it, you don't know how a song is going to be used or who's going to hear it or where it's going to go. And sometimes you're really surprised. Yeah. And I'm most grateful for the times when you hear somebody took your song, the language from your song and put it into their own life and it, and help them through a really hard season. Yeah, I love that. Again, we're here with Josh Havens on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Check them out at theafters.com. Josh, you've been playing live music for a while. There's nothing like live music. It's one of the greatest gifts that God's given us mm-hmm. to get to be a part of. But there's goofy stuff that happens along the way. Yes. Do you have a most embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out to you? I've had a few. You know, I've had some falls. Well, you have that switch foot uh, framed guitar shard behind you there. Yes, shard. <laughs> uh, so I was a big switch foot fan, you know, uh, even early on. You know, in fact, we had a show that we played before we were signed where um, the venue owner, it was a, a club in Dallas, mm-hmm. and the venue owner asked me to go pick the guys up at the airport 
And this was before Beautiful Letdown came out. In fact, they were working on it. And it was okay. before uh, they were connected to like a major mainstream label or any of that stuff had happened. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they were just coming off their, their previous record. And so I picked him up in a van at the, at the airport and, you know, John was, was on his headphones and on the computer. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, working on some new songs. And, mm. you know, they played some of those songs that night. So we are, we opened for them at that club that night and they debuted some of the songs uh, that were from, that ended up being on beautiful letdown. But it was cool to see him in that process. You know, he's working on programming and editing and let me hear a few things in, the, in its early process. But years later, we were a uh, support for them at a festival called spirit West coast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're playing our sets and I look over and John Foreman is there just rocking out to our set. And, you know, seems like he's enjoying it and he's into it. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, John Foreman's into our set and, and I'm singing, I'm singing and I back up and somebody had put this, this wedge that I had moved out of the way. Somebody had, must have thought it was supposed to go back by the keys where I moved it from, and it found its way back. And I bit it so hard, just, <laughs> just hit. I mean, there was my guitar, like just. And I just look over, and John Foreman just laughed. Like, oh, what a dummy! No, what well, dummy. you know, he's been there himself. He's been there. Oh, himself. he has. He no, he's it. had his own fair shares of fault. And I had a, I had a time when we're playing a show at a zoo actually. And this is kind of a funny show because it was a big radio show. And we found out later that they actually had to sedate all the large animals so they wouldn't be too stressed during the concert. So there's all these really chill, you know, lions and tigers. Lions and are all like, like stoned chill. out. It's like, oh, yeah, feed yeah. these guys. Feed these and guys. In the show, I, I went out into the crowd and I'm, I'm going back onto the stage. And as I jump up onto the speaker, I get back on stage. I feel this rip in my pants from my knee all the way up as far as it will go. And I'm like, oh, no, this is this is not good. This is not good. And I look down and the front of the stage is like all youth group kids, you know. <laughs> and, and our next song after this one, we, we still have like seven songs left. And our next song, I'm on the keys, which was at the front of the stage, right where all those youth group kids were. And I was like, I'm just, this is going to be so humiliating. What am I, I'm going to scar these kids. Right. So I had to do some quick thinking because there was no hiding it. Um, and I turned to our drummer and I showed him and he, he tossed me some, uh, some gaff tape and I just taped my leg up and made it to the rest, rest of the show. But the people who saw it were laughing pretty hard. Thankfully I didn't, I didn't scar any kids. This is a young day. youth group kids. Hey, listen, the yeah. show must go on. We no just, go on. We just gaff tape and go. Yeah. Gaff tape and go. Those are some good ones, man. And uh, I've never. I'm trying to process the playing a show at a zoo. Like who's I know. whose idea was to put on a rock show at a zoo? <laughs> rock like, show at a zoo. Probably. Don't probably. worry. We'll tranquilize the elephants <laughs> and lions. Okay. Oh, have heart attacks. Oh man! Again, here we're, we're with Josh Havens of the Afters here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios. Check them out at the Afters. Dot com. Well, Josh, I'd like to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? I'm ready. Let's do it. What's your favorite junk food? Favorite junk food? Oh, chips and queso. Mm. Tell us all this time. Favorite month of the year? December. Can you Love Christmas. Yeah. Can you name one of the seven dwarfs? Sleepy. Yep. 
what dish do you cook best? Uh, ooh, I make a killer queso. Really? Killer queso. So your favorite yeah, junk food, you can I'm just make it. I'm invited to parties. Oh, yeah. I'm invited to parties for my queso. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. It's the one thing that keeps getting me invited to parties. <laughs> Nobody else. That's it. I'll invite Joshua. He'll bring his queso. Oh, yeah. All right. Bring him. Bring him out. We're full. Um, this guy's queso. Oh, we got room. Haven's, Haven's queso. Dig it. All right. Hey, check it out. Buy it somewhere. Okay. <laughs> what color is your toothbrush? Blue. Uh, well, my road my road one's blue. My home one's like white. In the movie about your life, the Josh Haven story, where we watch your parents drive through America in a, mm. in a bus with a cat that jumps out the window, what actor would play you? It would have to be a young Brad Pitt. It's a good one. You know, I had somebody on the guys. The guys are always the most common ones are Brad Pitt and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. To except it doesn't get better than that. If somebody's gonna play you, it's gotta be. Well, except you got those that are a little too self-aware, and it's like, uh, do you know Michael Boggs by chance? Uh-uh. All right, he I had him on uh, recently, and I asked him this question. He said, "Danny DeVito." I was like, "No." Like, what are you doing, man? And he looks nothing like Dan DeVito. I was like, I said, Michael, you may need some counseling. You need some help. Well, here's the thing. Like, Brad Pitt's an old dude now. I mean, he he still looks good for his age, right? But he's, so it's not like, so he couldn't play like a young version of any of us right now. You know, actually, all of us who are referencing Matthew McConaughey and Brad Pitt it also shows our age. That's right. It's true. It's true. Who are the young kids? Who are the young ones? Yeah, who are the, I don't Timothy know. Chalamet. That's who the plan. Timothy I, yeah, I apparently haven't been to a movie in 20 years. I don't know. I got yeah. no idea. Young uh, actors. I don't know. <laughs> if you could be any Marvel character, who would it be? Uh, any Marvel character? Captain America. That's my favorite one. Oh, he's right here, too. He's somewhere behind me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, yeah. What's your favorite board game? Uh, love. Oh, we love board games. That's a that's a good question. My favorite one is a, a it's a long game, so we don't play it that often. But it's called Axes and Allies. It's like a World War oh, II yeah. board game. Pretty complex, super fun. But we love all the classics at home. You know, Sorry and and all those old school games. My family loves board games too, and we were in random of all places branson missouri recently mm-hmm. and in branson was a board game cafe for five oh, bucks for five bucks yeah. we, we play we plates all day game you can, they, walls of walls of games there's like 1300 games these games i've so never even fun. heard pause so yeah anyway next time you're in branson just uh just pop on by tell them austin sent you they won't know what that means but it'll austin. be something <laughs> they'll be like okay whatever what, uh, what is your favorite What's your favorite board game? You know, we really like um, – my son just introduced us to this cool game called One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which oh, sounds – write that down. Yeah, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And uh, there's a dice game we really like called Tenzi, which is kind of a fast-paced game. Um, yeah, we, we love them, man. I'm, I'm kind of going blank on some others right now, but <clears throat> we love board – We'll do, do you play Killer Bunnies? No, Killer Bunnies? Killer Bunnies is good. All right. Come right it's on. not a board game. It's a card right. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer, Killer Bunnies is good. Uh, we also love um, 
Well, apples to apples is classic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a classic. A, that's a classic. Uh, all right, hey, look, we'll do a. Uh, and we love card games. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll line this up. We'll just do a big family thing. We'll meet in Branson. We'll just meet Let's in Branson, and we'll just play we'll card games. We'll meet at the uh, at the at the at the shop where I'll tell them Austin's going to be here with me. They'll be like, he'll be, he'll be here in a minute. They better let us play for free. But as much as we're talking about the <laughs> board game place in Branson, we haven't right named them yet. There's, <laughs> there's got to be only one. That's, yeah, there's only one. Just go to that one. If you're in Branson, just find board games. You'll be <laughs> you're in the right spot. Play. You're in the right spot. Uh, wait, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, favorite cartoon growing up. Oh, that's a good question. What was my favorite cartoon? I go back to my childhood. Uh, oh, the A Team. I love the A Team. Oh, that's classic. Cartoon. What it was is a cartoon there. Murdoch. Mm-hmm. B A. What was his name? Yep. Yep. Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a classic. Man, I thought about. I hadn't thought about A Team. When I was a little time. kid, I I had a birthday party themed A Team one year. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great show. That's a good. I haven't heard of eighteen in a while. That's a good one. That takes me back. And last but not least, Josh, what's something you hate that everyone else loves? Spaghetti. Mm. I I love all the ingredients in spaghetti, and I love like a, a great lasagna. Yeah. Right. I can't stand spaghetti. What gets some, it? What get, Yeah. What gets it between the lasagna and the spaghetti? What's no, the, I think it is. I think usually the noodles are too dry and they kind of yeah. have that sound and and you're a mess. And there's never enough sauce. You know, like to me, the pasta is a conduit for the sauce. Yeah. Like a delivery mechanism for the sauce. So you, if I was to make spaghetti, it would be a really great non-dry, non-super sticky noodle. And I've had spaghettis in Italy that were that were great. But everybody loves spaghetti. Like my kids love spaghetti. Yeah. Everybody in my family loves spaghetti. In fact, we have a rule that in our house, spaghetti is only made when dad's on tour. <laughs> no, that's a, here's the thing. I don't, like, I don't like spaghetti either. And I am, I told somebody this recently. I am growing concerned as I do this show more and more and more that I may hate a lot of things. Because the number of times, it's almost mm. every time I'm like, yeah, like I agree you relate to every time. Yeah, oh, I like, hate that too. I hate that too. It's like, oh my gosh, am I. Am I just a hateful there, field person? Is there a most common food that, or, or what, what's the thing that people most say, like, I hate this, that everybody else loves? You know, the one that pops up the most is the office. Oh, no way. Oh, I don't like those people. Me either. I cut them off. That interview ends immediately. I don't trust anyone who hates the office. <laughs> That's the one that pops up, you know, and it's pretty, like, it's, it's not a ton, you know? Um, it's yeah. usually a pretty wide variety, and it's always kind of that's why it's kind of a fun question to ask because people give you different mm -hmm. answers. But the office is probably the most common. I, I bet you, I don't know, it, it's the most common. I guarantee that. Mm. I mean, shocks now that one shocks me every time. I'm just taken back, unprepared. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, listen, guys, we thank you for listening. While Josh and I figured out our board games and what everybody else hates, we appreciate that. But uh, yeah, thank you. Now I want to play some board games. Yeah, I'm just ready to go play. I'm going. I'm getting in the car, going to Branson right now. Is what we're gonna do. He's Josh Havens <laughs> of the Afters here on Behind the Tunes. Check him out at theafters.com. Josh, it's been a ton of fun, man. Thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. You got it. Thank you so much for listening to Behind the Tunes. Uh, one of the reasons I love to tell the stories of these artists is because it helps us to connect that much more with the music and the art that they create. I want to share with you the after's new song, God Is With Us, is out everywhere. 
This is a song where uh, Josh and the guys, they explore the question, where is God in this story? And there's so many times we feel uh, the, the, the doubts and the, and the pain of loss and hurt. And I'm so grateful for artists like the Afters who are willing to explore those questions. And so you've heard his story. I hear the song. God is with us. Check it out anywhere that you stream music. Thank you again for listening to Behind the Tunes.